अथ षट्चत्सर्ग हतेषु तेषु पुत्रेशु दिति परम दुखिता मरीचंकश्यपम नाम भर्तामब्रवीत हतपुत्रास्मे भगवस्तव पुत्रैर्महाबल शक्रहंताछा पुत्र दीर्घतपोर्जित साहंतप्चरिष्या गर्भं मे दातुमर्हसी ईश्वर शक्रहंतामुर्हसी तस्तवचन श्रुवा मरीच कश्यपस्तदा प्रत्युवाच महातेजादिति परम दुखिता भद्रं ते शुचिर्भवतपोधने जनयिष्यसि पुत्रं शक्रहंताहवे पूर्णे वर्ष सहस्रे तो शुचि भविष्यसी पुत्रं त्रैलोक्यहंता मतस्व जनयिष्यसी एवक्वा महातेजा पाणिना सर्जताभ्यत तस्वस्तिवा तपसेय गते तस्श्रेष्ठदिति परमर्षिता कुश प्लवं सामसाद्य तपस्ते पे सुदारुण तपस्तिया सहस्राक्षो नश्रेष्ठ परया गुण संपदा अग्निकुषाकाष्ठमपूल तथा चेदयत्सहस्राक्षो यदि कांक्षी गात्र संवाहनश्रमापनयन शक्रसु कालेशु दिति परचचार पूर्णे वर्ष सहस्रे सा दशो ने रघुनंदना दिति परम संभ्रष्टा सहस्राक्षमथाब्रवीत तपश्चरंत्या वर्षाणि दश वीर्यवतांबरा अवशिष्टा भद्रंते भ्रातर द्रक्ष्यसे तथा यमहंत्कृते पुत्र तमाधास्ये जयोत्सुक्रैलोक्य विजय पुत्र सह भोक्ष्यसि विज्वरा याचितेन सुरश्रेष्ठ पिता तव महात्मना वरो वर्ष सहस्रांते मम दत्तस्सुत प्रतीक्वा चिस्त्राप्ते मध्यंदिने निद्रयापहृता देवी पादौ कृवाथ शीर्षतः दृष्ट्वा ताम शुचिम शक्र पादमूर्धज शिस्थने पादौ जहास च मुमोदचा तरीर विवरम प्रवेश पुरंदर गर्भंच सप्तारामचिच्छेद परमात्मस्तो गर्भो वज्रेण शतपर्वण रुरोदसुस्वरम राम तथो दिबुध्यता मारदो मारदश्चे गर्भं शक्रोभ्य भाषता विभेद च महातेजारुदंतमी वासव न हम न हम दिब्रवीत निष्पात शक्रो मातुर्वचन गौरवाद प्राजलिवज्रसित दिति शक्रोभ्य भाषता अशुचिर्देवी सप्तासी पादमूर्धज तदंतरमहम्ला शक्रहंताहवे अभिंदम सप्तधा देवी तन्मे क्षंतमर्हसी श्रीमद्राणे वाकिकांडे षट्चत्सर्ग श्रीमद वाल्मीकि रामायणा बालकांडा कैंटो 46 डिसकंसोलेट ओवर द डेथ ऑफ हर सन्स दिति एम्बार्क्स ऑन अ कोर्स ऑफ ऑस्टेरिटीज एट कुशप्लवा विद द परमिशन ऑफ हर हस्बैंड सेज कश्यपा 
with the object of securing a son capable of killing Indra. The latter, on coming to know of her intention, serves her during the period of her consecration and taking advantage of her falling asleep on one occasion with her head in a wrong position, thereby transgressing the rules of purity, enters her womb and carves the fetus. Sorely afflicted on her aforesaid sons having been killed in the course of their conflict with the sons of Aditi, Diti addressed her husband named Kashyapa, son of Marichi, as follows. I have been deprived of my sons, O venerable sage, by your very mighty sons, the gods. Now I long for a son, secured of course, through prolonged ascesis, that may be able to kill Indra, the destroyer of my sons. As such, I shall practice austerities. Be pleased, therefore, to favour me with a powerful son capable of killing Indra. You ought to grant me leave. Hearing her aforesaid submission, the exceptionally glorious Kashyapa, son of Marichi, replied as follows to Diti, sorely afflicted as she was. Let it be so. May all be well with you. Observe purity till the birth of a son, O lady, rich in ascesis. In the ripeness of time, you will give birth to a son who should be able to kill Indra in an encounter. At the end of full one thousand years, provided of course you maintain purity, you will bring forth through me a son capable of killing Indra, the ruler of the three worlds. Saying so, the highly glorious sage stroked her with his hand and then, touching her person and pronouncing his benediction on her, set out to resume his austerities. Duly reaching Kushaplava, when Kashyapa had departed, O jewel among men, Diti, full of great joy, began to practice most severe austerities. While she practiced austerities, Indra, the thousand-eyed god, O jewel among men, rendered personal service to her through his exuberant wealth of virtues. So the tradition goes. Indra brought for her use fire, blades of kusha grass, firewood, water, fruits as well as roots and whatever else was desired by her. Indra, it is said, served Diti at all times by massaging her wearied limbs and thus relieving her fatigue. Full one thousand years but then, having elapsed, O Rama, the celebrated Diti, who felt immensely delighted, forthwith spoke to Indra as follows. Only ten years have yet to be spent by me in practicing austerities, O jewel among the powerful. May prosperity attend on you. You will after that behold a half-brother by your side. I shall place on friendly terms with you my future son, whom I sought for your destruction's sake, my son, and who is consequently expected to be ever eager to conquer you, so that, free from all anxiety, you will enjoy with him, my son, the conquest of all the three worlds that will be vanquished by him. A boon to the effect that I should have a son at the end of a thousand years was granted in my favour, O jewel among gods, by your high-souled father, sage Kashyapa, when implored by me. Saying so, as the sun had just reached the meridian, the glorious Diti, 
was overtaken by sleep and forthwith lay down, placing her feet where her head ought to have lain. Indra laughed and rejoiced to see her in an impure position, having unconsciously allowed her hair to touch her feet and to behold her feet placed where her head ought to have lain. Indra entered the orifice of her genitals by dint of his yogic power, O Rama, and carved the fetus into seven, fully alert as he was. The fetus thereupon cried in a shrill voice, while being cut with his thunderbolt, a weapon with a hundred edges, O Rama, and Diti then woke up. Indra went on saying to the fetus, Pray, do not cry, do not cry. The exceptionally glorious Vasava, a name of Indra, continued to carve the fetus again and again till each part was subdivided into seven, even though it remained crying. Diti only said, The fetus should not be killed, it should not be killed. Out of deference to the remonstrance of his stepmother, Indra thereupon emerged from her womb. Appearing with his thunderbolt, Indra spoke to Diti with folded hands as follows. You lay asleep, O venerable lady, in an impure posture with your hair touching the feet. Seizing that vulnerable point, I carved into seven the fetus that was designed to kill Indra, myself, in an encounter. You ought to pardon this offence of mine, O worshipful lady. Thus ends Canto 46 in the Balakanda of the glorious Ramayana of Valmiki, the work of a Rishi and the oldest epic.